When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In the last two decades, the rate of twin births has grown dramatically due to the use of fertility treatments. For many women who have faced fertility challenges, conceiving twins may seem like a desirable outcome. However, twin pregnancies can pose substantial health risks to moms and babies. If you are considering fertility treatments, how should you approach the possibility of having twins? I'm Dr. Brooke Friedman, an infertility specialist at Reproductive Partners. I'm here to talk about the relationship between fertility treatments and twin pregnancies. This is Twin Talks. The ultrasound shows your babies to be healthy. What? Did you say babies? You're huge. Are you having twins? Are they natural? Which one do you like better? Twins, huh? My neighbor's cousin's brother's uncle's a twin. So can they read each other's minds? How do you tell them apart? Twins? You got a two for one. Do twins run in your family? Double trouble. You're not having any more, are you? At least you're not Octomom. If you're pregnant with twins or you're an experienced twin parent, odds are you've heard it all before. Now it's time to hear from the experts. This is Twin Talks, Parenting Times 2. Welcome to Twin Talks, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Twin Talks is your weekly on-the-go support group for expecting and new parents of twins. I'm your host, Christine Stewart-Fitzgerald. Have you heard about the Twin Talks Club? Our members get bonus content after each new show, plus special giveaways and discounts. You can subscribe to our monthly Twin Talks newsletter and learn about the latest episodes available. And another way for you to stay connected is by downloading our free Twin Talks app available in the Android and iTunes marketplace. Well, before we get started, uh, let's introduce our panelists um, in the room with us today. And let's see, I'll, I'll introduce myself. Um, so I'm mom to uh, now five-year-old identical girls. We just celebrated their birthday um, last week, and we started uh, kindergarten. So that was a big milestone for them. And I do have a singleton who is uh, will be two next month. So we got all girls in the house. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Sunny. Uh, I'm the owner of New Mommy Media, which produces this show, as well as Parent Savers, Preggy Pals, and The Boob Group. And let's see, I've got four kids. Sometimes I lose track, but there's four. There's four of them. So the oldest is four, uh, a boy. Uh, two is uh, my next uh, child, and that's a boy as well. And then I have identical twin mm-hmm. girls that are 10 months old. I'm Shelly. I'm the producer here at Twin Talks. I have identical twin boys who just turned two, um, and I have a singleton girl who is three weeks old. <laughs> She's here in the studio today. I wanted to let you guys know if you're listening at home, if you're not able to get into the studio, you can still be a part of our conversation. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can also use the hashtag TwinTalksVP to participate in the conversation. Before we start today's show, we have an app review for you. So as you all know, probably a phone can be a mom's best friend um, for keeping track of all things baby related. Today's app is called Mommy Log, and it's designed to keep track of um, expressed breast milk. So most twin moms will be familiar with a pump at some point in their journey of breastfeeding. Um, What I what I like about this app is that it's really simple. So a lot of baby feeding or pumping apps have 
all the things to keep track of. What time did they go to sleep? What time did they wake up? What time did you feed? Was it left? Was it right? How many? How much? And that can be really overwhelming if you're just trying to keep track of one thing. And so for moms who are pumping, especially if you go back to work or if you end up exclusively pumping or you have feeding concerns, this one just keeps track of how much milk did you make? What time did you make it at? Um, And so I think that that can be really helpful. I know that when I was working, I was using an app to keep track of what I pumped, but all the other things kind of made me feel like I was slacking. Like, well, should I have recorded their sleep? And and gosh, I forgot to put the last feeding and how many diapers have they had? And so for for me, this would have been great because it's just very simple um, and it would just keep track of exactly how much milk you kind of had on hand. Um, it it does have charts so you can kind of see when did I make the most? When did I make the least? How many times have I pumped? So those are all pretty good features, I think. Um, the one downside is is it has ads. Um, obviously, it's a free app, so that's great. But I would I'd be definitely willing to pay to get rid of the ads on there because I find them just a little bit distracting. Yeah, the one feature I really liked on this too, and this may have been an update that they did recently, but you can also, if you are using a double pump, you can say how much one breast is producing versus the other. Mm -hmm. You can combine it if you want. Like, for example, I don't do a lot of pumping because my girls take up all of my milk. (laughs) But for example, on taping days like today, I do have to do some pumping before. um, And I have a single pump because I don't like to invest a lot of money in pumps. So I have a single pump. And so I actually combine mine, but I know a lot of my moms that have like the double pumps, it would be really easy to track how much one breast is producing over the other. Mm -hmm. If that's a concern of you, I know it's not always even, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's one thing that um, I really liked about it. I like that it's free. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I do like that it is a very simple user interface. Um, I do think that it could be a little bit prettier than it is, honestly, but it's (laughs) functional. It's very functional, you know, Mm -hmm. and it makes a lot of sense. Um, But it'd be nice to have some pretty pictures of babies or something like Mm -hmm. that on here as well you know I haven't used the app but I'll have to say um you know I hear a lot of you know twin moms talking about um how they're they're pumping in different locations so if if you're a working mom that might mean you're pumping in a closed office you might be in your car you might be at home and I think this is I, I love this idea that this is a portable thing that you can I mean it's it's on your phone so right. you don't have to have a piece of paper or you know board or something carry around with you it's just wherever you're at doing it it's right there it's very yeah yeah that's a, that's it a does, great thing also I noticed it has the option you can um have it send you a spreadsheet oh my of gosh. your <laughs> of your pumping output so if you were having mm-hmm. like concerns with your milk production perhaps or you just really wanted to know if that was normal you can actually there's an option it'll just email it to you as a um, csv comma separated values and you could print that out and take it to a lactation consultant and say you know this is my pumping output these are my averages can you you know is this normal oh can gosh. you take a or look even at just it? send it via email yeah or you can just email it over IBCLC. to somebody yeah that's great yeah so what do we think thumbs up on this definitely like thumbs this. up yeah yep. awesome Well, today's topic is fertility treatments and twin pregnancy. And today we're talking with Dr. Brooke Friedman, who's here to help us understand common fertility treatments and how they may result in a twin pregnancy. So, well, thanks for joining us, Dr. Friedman. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. 
<laughs> well, um, you know, f- well, first of all, I mean, you know, fertility treatments it's becoming much more um, common. And maybe you can just share some of the different reasons that women do come to see you. Absolutely. So, um, so I'm at Reproductive Partners. Um, so that's a private practice in La Jolla that's affiliated with UCSD. Um, and so we really see a wide variety of patients. So we, the majority of the patients we see are couples who are struggling with infertility. We know infertility is incredibly common, affecting one out of every eight couples. So we do see a lot of women struggling with infertility. We also see women who perhaps are single looking to con- uh, conceive with donor sperm or looking to do fertility preservation with egg freezing. Um, so there's a wide variety of patients that we see, but most are couples struggling with infertility. Mm -hmm. Now, um, so can you tell a little bit more about the demographics of your patients? I mean, are there any commonalities in either either age or their overall health or, or lifestyle? Sure. You know, I would say that it's a pretty diverse um, uh, patient population that we see. I think the one commonality is that women tend to be a little bit older. Mm-hmm. We know that age does negatively impact fertility. So most of the patients we see tend to be in their 30s um, or uh, mid 30s or late 30s or early 40s. But that being said, there are also um, reasons for infertility that have nothing to do with age, such as a blocked fallopian tube or um, male infertility. And so in those patients, we typically see um, women who are younger. So it's really a wide variety. Um, I think the one um, myth is that um, that really if you kind of take care of yourself and eat organic and are healthy, that that can kind of protect us from the negative impact on age and fertility. And unfortunately, it's not true. I wish it were true. <laughs> uh, but unfortunately, we're born with all the eggs we're ever going to have. So we do lose them over time. Um, so unfortunately, it um, age... It, um, is something that uh, we can't change, which is why I really encourage people, if they have been trying, if they're under the age of 35 and it's been more than a year, to see a fertility specialist. Or if they're over the age of 35, really, if it's been six months, to go see a fertility specialist for a checkup, just to make sure you know they can check in about where they are and what may be the best path for them. Mm-hmm. So, so really, you can be really proactive in terms of just saying, hey, I, I don't know what's going on, but I just want to make sure that, you know, I mean, good health and Absolutely. you've got everything in place. And Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, I mean, being healthy is one of the best things you can do for your fertility. So, I mean, taking care of yourself, being a healthy body weight, eating well, exercising, all of those things absolutely help your fertility. So I think as healthy as you can be, avoiding smoking, avoiding drugs, I mean, things, be as healthy as you can be. I, I sometimes tell people, how would you um, be if you were already pregnant in terms of avoiding some of these toxins? It makes sense to kind of think about that when you're trying to conceive. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. Well, so now before we talk about twin pregnancies. Um, so let's look at some fertility treatments in general, just to, so we can kind of understand, you know, what the the fertility treatments mean. Um, so can you describe the different types of treatments that are available? Absolutely. So there's a wide variety of treatments. I think the one thing, um, one myth I'd like to dispel is people sometimes are reluctant to go to a fertility doctor because they think, oh, that means I'm signing up for IVF. And that's just not true. I mean, there's a wide variety of treatments that are available. Um, one of which, you know, if someone doesn't get periods regularly, if someone has what's called anovulation, they're not releasing an egg regularly, sometimes a, a low-tech treatment like Clomid or their other medications we have now called Letrozole can help them release an egg so that they can have intercourse at home with their partner to help them conceive. So that's one treatment if they're not um, ovulating on their own, if they're not releasing an egg on their own in a predictable manner. Um, Really the next category is what's called intrauterine insemination, where the sperm of the partner is placed inside the uterus around the time of ovulation, and that's typically combined with a medication to help increase its efficacy. So that's called intrauterine insemination, Mm -hmm. or IUI. IUI. Yeah, exactly. Some some of listeners maybe have heard IUI, but basically it's intrauterine insemination is what it stands for. 
And really the next category then is IVF. Mm -hmm. um, we do know that IVF is the most effective treatment that we have because it helps overcome a wide variety of obstacles um, that may be contributing to infertility. Um, IVF stands for in vitro fertilization. So a woman takes medications to stimulate multiple eggs to grow. They're retrieved with a procedure and then fertilized in the lab with the sperm. And then the embryo or fertilized egg is transferred back to the uterus. Mm -hmm. Now I think, I mean, IVF is, is what we hear most about right most, absolutely is it the most common treatment that uh you know is used today or or are the other treatments that you mentioned are those used equally or it, yeah i mean I, I think that ivf is becoming increasingly common i think um certainly iui is quite common um but ivf is the by far and away more effective than IUI is. Mm -hmm. um, we know that um, since IVF was introduced um, 35 years ago, over 5 million babies have been born worldwide from IVF. And in 2012, which was the most recent year that it was reported online with the CDC, 1.5% um, of all babies born in the U.S. was as a result of IVF treatment. So that's over 60,000 births. So it's definitely <laughs> becoming more and more common. Um, and we know that um, it's a, it's a really helps millions of people worldwide help conceive that otherwise would not have been able to. Mm -hmm. And I think from a, from a twin perspective, um, the statistics are that in the last 20 years, we've seen the twinning rate uh, double, I believe. So, right. right. <laughs> which is pretty significant. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, so then, so of the pregnancies that um, are resulting from um, fertility treatments, I mean, so do you know how many of those are resulting in multiples? Absolutely. So it depends on... Um, which treatment we're referring to and also which age group. So we know that looking at IVF specifically, the risk of a twin pregnancy goes up with uh, with younger age. So the younger a woman is and she's having IVF, that increases her risk. But really that stems for IVF is how many embryos that the physician is choosing to transfer or that the couple and the physician have decided to transfer. So the more embryos are transferred, the higher risk of there being a twin or higher order multiple pregnancy. Overall, about 30% um, of IVF treatments have resulted in, in twin pregnancy. Um, that rate can be even higher in younger age groups in certain clinics. So, but nationally, um, that rate is quite high. Wow. So 30% of all IVF treatments, I mean, on average, are resulting in multiple yeah, pregnancies. It depends. It varies yes. in terms of which clinic and also varies in terms of age group. But there is definitely a very significant percentage of IVF pregnancies resulting in twin birth. Wow. And, do yeah. you have percentages for Clomid? Because I know that's, that's a main a concern. Yeah, for... absolutely. So the risk of twins with Clomid is about 8 to 10%. Um, and oh, that's so, lower than I would have yeah, thought from what we hear. Yeah, it actually is is lower, and 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 so typically the success rates with an IUI with Clomid are actually only only a you know generally don't exceed ten percent. So that's why with IVF with live birth rates substantially higher than that, depending on the age group, you know up to. 70% sometimes for for younger women that's a very that's why IVF really is the um, tends to be the, the more effective treatment hmm so when um, so women are considering different um, treatment options and looking at whether they want to have twins yeah <laughs> that's something definitely something to consider maybe trying the Clomid or the IUI yeah, First, yeah. I, I mean, I guess I just have to. I have to say, you know, um, from my pers my perspective as a fertility specialist, and where I work at Reproductive Partners, we are actually really strong advocates of one healthy baby at a time. Mm -hmm. So I know I'm, I'm talking to a group of moms who are moms of twins, and you can kind of speak to some of the challenges involved in that. From a medical perspective, we do know that the safest pregnancy is one healthy baby at a time. Mm -hmm. So our our position is that fertility treatment 
really should not be um, the goal should not be to conceive twins. Right. Um, so really, our goal is one healthy baby at a time because uh, we really want moms to be able to avoid the potential complications that can be involved with a twin pregnancy. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about um, some of the, the common factors that might lead to a twin pregnancy. Welcome back. Today, we're talking with Dr. Brooke Friedman um, about the relationship between fertility treatments and twin pregnancies. Can you tell us maybe a little bit more about what factors in fertility treatments um, may promote a multiple pregnancy? Absolutely. So with, um, let's say, an intrauterine insemination, for example, when a woman takes medications like injectable medications that stimulate multiple eggs to grow, then multiple eggs are going to be released. And with an insemination where sperm is placed in the uterus, we don't have control over how many eggs fertilize. So all of those um, eggs that develop have the potential to be released and fertilized. So that that is called super ovulation can definitely um, increase the um, chance of having a twin twin pregnancy. Um, That's with with intrauterine insemination, with injectable medications or with Clomid. Whenever there is more than one egg that develops as a result of medications that are taken, that can increase the chance of having a twin pregnancy. Um, with IVF, it's slightly different because it really stems from how many embryos are chosen to be placed back into the uterus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are kind of the two ways that that, that the chance of a twin pregnancy can and be now, increased. Both of those would result in diazygotic or fraternal twins, Absolutely. Right? You're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And now when it comes to IVS, IVF and, uh, you know, selecting how many embryos are going to be implanted. Now, I've heard that the success rate of IVF and implantation has gone up dramatically. And so now the standards and um, the the ethical standards have changed. It has. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, um, if you look at it's in the Netherlands or other places in Europe, in many cases, it's actually illegal to transfer more than one embryo. Wow. So a single embryo transfer is mandated because if you look at those healthcare systems, which are a closed system, where in that system, they're going to be responsible for taking care of the costs of preterm delivery of twins, for example. Um, It's really the state has decided they know that the safest pregnancy is a singleton pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And so in those countries, it's they've come together and and mandated that and one embryo should be transferred at a time. Mm -hmm. So you're absolutely right that the implantation rate, the pregnancy rate per embryo has gone up dramatically. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that it's important for people to understand is how to interpret statistics, which can be pretty confusing. So if you go on SART.org, which is where fertility clinics are encouraged to report their statistics with IVF, there are many things um, uh, listed, and one of which is pregnancy rate per transfer. And unfortunately, that's a motivating factor for many fertility doctors to want to be aggressive at transferring multiple embryos because it can artificially make the pregnancy rate per transfer look higher. But the best thing to look at is really implantation rate, which is pregnancy rate per one embryo. And that's not influenced by how many embryos are transferred. So really, for implantation rate, we know, as you mentioned, is much higher. For us, we know our implantation rate, for example, at Reproductive Partners, is quite high. So we have excellent success rates transferring one embryo at a time, particularly in in younger women. Um, And so single embryo transfer may not be the right decision for each patient. It's really important to come up with a personalized plan. But I would really encourage patients approaching fertility treatment to discuss with their physicians um, about the option of single embryo transfer, because often, you know, it's a clinic that has 
has experience with that and their pregnancy rate per embryo is high, they're not going to be compromising their chances and really giving themselves the best chance at a, a healthy pregnancy. Mm. And so this is really part of the kind of the research process too, I imagine, you know, when um, a woman deciding she wants to engage in fertility treatments and looking for a provider um, to use that, the, the website as a resource and, and come prepared in asking questions about what is your, um, your implantation rate. So I, I would say I think often um, that's unfortunately buried kind of seven lines down on site. So the first <laughs> line is, you know, and it's not explained what that is. What is implantation rate? Right. You know, pregnancy yeah. rate per transfer is a much that, that makes sense. Right. But mm-hmm. the implantation really isn't something we talk about. I think that really should be the first line. And I think the CDC and other organizations are trying to um, change how this, um, fertility data is reported and to consider looking at, you know, live births per single embryo transfer and looking at other um, uh, metrics that can really help kind of tease apart the data because it can be a mess. I don't want to overemphasize that because every clinic is different. It's hard to generalize and you can take data with a grain of salt. But I think that's a place to start to kind of look at what the pregnancy rate is per one embryo. So patients aren't in a position where they, they feel they have to transfer multiple embryos and put them at a higher risk of having a multiple pregnancy. Right. Absolutely. And I, I think, okay, we in having this conversation, I mean, everyone comes to mind of, of the Octomom. So right. <laughs> we right. can't leave that out. But um, I mean, it, in that case, there were multiple embryos. There were. And, yeah. and that was a really egregious example of, of something outside the standard of care. And that physician lost his medical license as he should have. So I think that was a real black eye for the field. And it's really something that um, is not the standard of care and not the norm. So mm-hmm. I think really as fertility specialists, as you mentioned, there are guidelines, and we are really careful to um, want to uh, avoid something like that, and to the point where we really strive to help people achieve one healthy baby at a time. So for us at Reproductive Partners, we know we really want to have an uncomplicated pregnancy for couples. That, you know, infertility is such a journey, um, and at the end of it, I understand that desire to want to have instant family, you know, to have all their kids at once, and I, I absolutely can appreciate that, and I respect it, um, but at the end of the day, I, I really want my patients to have a healthy baby, you mm-hmm. know, and not to be, you know, in a position where they feel like they have to be transferring multiple embryos. Mm-hmm. So um, in talking to some of my friends who had used fertility treatments, mm-hmm. um, strangely, all of us in here have identical twins, <laughs> completely spontaneous, but yeah. um, traveling in twin circles, we all know somebody. Sure. So I was talking about the, the increased success of single embryo transfers, and um, what I was hearing from a lot of moms was, we get that their numbers are on their side now, but after so many years of just like heartache and struggle, it's really hard to find comfort in statistics. And so how would, how do you kind of deal with that in your practice, knowing that, you know, you, you have the numbers on your side, but they've got heartache and struggle and absolutely you know they really want the the what they feel would be better success and and if they're only going to have one chance and they've always wanted to like how do you kind of address that emotional concern absolutely and i think it's a really important question i think one of the things that's really been a game changer in the field of fertility is the way in which we're freezing embryos now so the old way in which we used to freeze embryos compromised their fertility potential the new way of flash freezing or vitrification um, which is what i gave a talk at the family fair fairly recently we know that the fertility potential of the embryos are not harmed in that freeze thought process if it's at a clinic that has a lot of experience um, with that procedure. And so we know that patients don't have to feel um, blackmailed to transfer all their embryos at once. They can rest assured that they can have their extra embryos frozen. And if the first transfer is not successful, that next month they can transfer another embryo. And their cumulative chance of success is the same, you know, really as opposed to them having to transfer to that one, that same month as opposed to waiting transfer 
transferring one and then the next month transferring another embryo. So they don't have to feel as pressured to say, okay, this is my chance. I have to transfer them all at once. So I absolutely, I hear it all the time and I'm very empathetic to that concern. And, and um, But at the same time, I just kind of um, really encourage patients to take a step back and to think about kind of they've come this far mm-hmm. and what we really want them to, to have is, is a healthy pregnancy. Interestingly, IVF twins are at increased risk of preterm delivery above those of spontaneous twins for reasons that, you know, we may not understand all of them, but it's it's, it's a complex um, emerging area of research. But we know that IVF twins are at increased risk of things like preterm delivery above and beyond those of what spontaneously conceived twins would have. So really 68% of IVF twins deliver prematurely. Um, so it's, it's a, the statistics are pretty staggering. And so now that the implantation rates are higher with single embryo transfer, I really, I just talk with my couples and say, you know, I think, I really think this, these would be your chances. And, you know, would you consider transferring one at a time? Um, again, it's not the right decision for all couples, but I think we just have to really individualize it. But often it really is the right decision. Mm-hmm. And, and when you have those conversations, with, you know, with your patients and you're talking about, you know, the risks of a, a twin, you know, multiple pregnancy, I mean, what does that conversation, you know, look like? Absolutely. So um, basically I have, we all, I have a, a talk on my um in my office and I have slides and I kind of go through everything. But basically I I share with them that there is an increased risk of preterm delivery with twin pregnancy, uh, especially with IVF twins. Um, And if babies are born prematurely, unfortunately they're at increased risk of complications later in life um, in terms of um, uh, neurologic outcomes and other outcomes um, that relate to to preterm delivery. So I really um, discuss with them the various health risks of of a twin pregnancy um, and then talk about, you know, why I, I feel like if single embryo transfer is what I'm recommending, that that would be the right decision for them. Mm-hmm. Well, this is great. Well, um, thanks so much to everyone who's joined us today. And for more information about fertility treatments and twin pregnancy, or for more information about any of our speakers and panelists, visit the episode page on our website. And this conversation continues for members of our Twin Talks Club. Sorry. This conversation continues for members of our Twin Talks Club. And after the show, Dr. Friedman will demystify some of the common beliefs about fertility treatments and twinning. For more information about the Twin Talks Club, visit our website, newmommymedia.com. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. All right, we have a fun segment today. It is called We're Expecting What? It is all about the funny stories of how we found out we were pregnant with twins. And this one comes from Michelle. Michelle writes, I felt pregos and I was going past the docks and I thought I'll go in there and get a test done so I don't have to pay for one at home. The test was positive. I burst into tears. A pregnancy right now isn't the greatest timing, so we had to wait two weeks to get an ultrasound to see how far we were. But when we went just short of two weeks, because I just couldn't wait, the conversation went something like this. Me, this is just a misunderstanding, isn't it? Sonographer, why? Have you been cramping or bleeding? Me, ah, no, I was just joking. Just don't tell me it's twins. Sonographer, why is that? Did your doctor say your pregnancy hormone levels were extremely high? Me, ah, no, just joking again. Sonographer, 
Well, you are having twins. Me? Shut up. Then she showed us on her monitor the two little sacks, each with its own beating heart. My partner Richard and I walked out in shock. <laughs> so, Michelle, thank you for sharing your story. If you guys have an interesting story, we all do, right, when we find out we're pregnant with twins, go ahead and send us an email. You can also call our voicemail at 619-866-4775. That wraps up our show for today, and we appreciate you listening to Twin Talks. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals for Expecting Parents, and our show, The Boob Group, for moms who breastfeed their babies, and Parent Savers, your parenting resource on the go. This is Twin Talks, Parenting Times 2. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care, and should not be used for diagnosing or treating healthcare problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, Please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare provider. New Mommy Media is expanding our lineup of shows for new and expecting parents. If you have an idea for a new series, or if you're a business or organization interested in joining our network of shows through a co-branded podcast, visit newmommymedia.com. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.